Hey, this is Caleb Clay, Associate Pastor of Anchor Faith Church here in Valdosta, Georgia. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We believe that it will minister to you and be a blessing to your life. Now get ready to receive a word from God. Numbers chapter 13, we've looked at this passage a lot. And Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word. Everyone say word. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. So they brought back word and they showed them fruit. So they gave them something audible and they gave them something visible as a representation of where they just went. We know, just to catch you up real quick, the word of the Lord comes to Moses. The Israelites have come out of Egypt. They're going uh, through the wilderness to the promised land. They were not supposed to stop in the wilderness. They were supposed to get to the promised land. And so God directs Moses at the beginning of chapter 13. It says, send in 12 spies. Everyone say 12. 12 spies representing one from each of the tribes of Israel. They sent in 12 spies and they spied out the land for 40 days. They spent some time in there, man. And now they're coming back to the children of Israel. 12 people are about to give a word that's gonna move millions. They, they, they uh, uh, assume, they, they believe that there was about a million Israelites that came out of Egypt. Now you know why Pharaoh wanted to hold on to them. We're not just talking about a little community. We're talking about, you know, a million people that belonged uh, as slaves to Egypt have come out. But, you know, it's, it's the minority sometimes that can move things. You ever notice that even in our own country? It's not a majority belief system. It's not this, oh, everybody's doing it and everybody. But many times it's whoever has the loudest voice. You ever notice that? And the ones with the loudest voice are not always the one, uh, always the ones uh, that that have the the greatest direction. But they, a lot of times, whoever has the loudest voice, tends to have the greatest effect on others. I mean, we see this in our country now, that minorities, and I'm not talking about minorities as in race. I'm talking about. Uh, a, a very small fractional group is moving an entire nation towards belief systems that we know are unholy and unrighteous. And if you really dug down deep, you're probably talking like half a percent of our nation, but, but since there's such a loud voice behind it and certain media outlets, because media is manipulated, right? And manipulative. And so they'll make it sound like everybody's believing this and then come find out it's a very small group. So here we have 12 uh, uh, spies that are going to give a representation of the land that they just spied out that God has already promised them, right? They already have a word on this land. We've seen this before. They're not going in to find out if they should take it. They're going in to find out how they should take it. And there's a difference. There's a difference, but nothing's different than what is going on in this story than what we have today. What happens is, is we have, uh, uh, we have distractions. Distractions are always a part of life. You'll never live a life void of distraction. It's impossible. 
It's impossible. And now today we have way, imagine if we had the distractions, if they had the distractions we have today. Imagine if they had social media and could actually take pictures, posting, hashtag milk and honey, hashtag giants. Look at me, I'm a grasshopper, right? And you can frame it however you want. That's the, that's the thing about social media is you can frame it to look like however you want. And sometimes we're so busy putting up the fake side of us, we don't even know the difference. We, we can't even uh, uh, allow reality to set in anymore because we're living such a fake side and, and we're, we're on picture number 50. If we would have po- posted picture number one, hello, but we can crop and we can edit and we can do whatever we want so we can project to others whatever we want. And so, you know, they are creating a distraction. Uh, I just recently bought, uh, I don't know if y'all are familiar with the uh, Apple AirPods. Okay, so I had the first Apple AirPods that came out. They're wireless earbuds. They go in your ears. They connect to your phone, and they were great. But the second ones just came out several months ago, and uh, they have an awesome feature called noise cancellation. The first ones didn't have this. So, you know, especially on an airplane was the most annoying. If you're on an airplane, you hear, you know, all the noise and all the stuff going on around you. And, uh, you know, if you're in Starbucks, you can still to a degree, hear their music and hear people talking around you. But now I got these new ones that have noise cancellation and they cancel out the noise. That's what they're designed. You literally just, you know, pinch them, the little, the little stem of it. You literally pinch it and just, I mean, you can almost feel it go gone. I mean, the only thing you can hear is what is in your ear. I can't hear myself snap my fingers right by my ear. I can't hear people talking to me. The stewardess is giving me those crazy instructions that nobody listens to. If the plane is ever really going down, nobody knows what to do. Everybody's freaking down when that thing drops out. They're putting somebody else's on before they put their own on. They don't know that their seat turns into a life raft. They don't know where the nearest exit is. They don't know to follow the lights. They don't know anything. They don't even know how to put their seatbelt on. Nobody listens to that stuff. So I can tune her out. Just listen to my stuff. Noise cancellation. Well, how many of you know we need some spiritual noise cancellation in our lives? And these guys needed some spiritual noise cancellation. Because watch what happens here. In verse 27, then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So what? They go in and they verify the word of God. They verify. That's great. Man, I love when God gives me a word about something. God gives me a word about an issue, word about a problem, and I can literally verify it with my own eyes. That's awesome, but that's not where it stops. Many times, this is the issue that we have, is that we have a hard time reconciling God's blessing with reality. Because God's blessing, and we've seen this the last couple, uh, the last couple Wednesdays, Many times God's blessing is paired with or coincides with 
some sort of challenge, some sort of problem, some sort of struggle. Why? Because just because it's yours doesn't mean it's yours right now. Your healing is yours right now, but it might seem like you've got to get through some stuff to get a hold of it. Come on now. A healed and whole marriage is yours right now. It's promised you. As long as we're honoring the word and aligning with the word, you can only take care of so much. But you have to take hold of the word of God as if it is so right now. That's what faith does. That's what faith does. But when we begin to see the blessing of God, alongside it many times comes a burden. Alongside it, many times, God's giving you the promise, and with it is a problem. And so here, they verify that there's milk and honey. They show them, visibly show them the fruit. But verse 28, nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by sea and along the banks, meaning there's enemies everywhere. It'd be one thing if there was an enemy right here we could take care of, but they're all over. They're in the mountains, they're in the valleys, they're in the seas, they're along the banks. Notice how much longer they give uh, uh, to the problem and how short the promise was. Isn't that what we do? By his stripes, I'm healed. But the doctor said it's this and that it's going to take this long and they're going to have to do this. And they said it could grow. We just give, we just keep going on and on and on about the problem. But we have a promise. The word distraction, the word distraction is literally defined like this. A thing that prevents someone from giving full attention. The word distraction literally means a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention. Full attention. 100% of your attention. Do I have your attention? Pay attention. I need your attention. Your attention is your focus. Your attention is how much uh, you are engaged with one thing or another. And a distraction will show up and prevent you from giving something else your full attention. They had already received the promise of God. They had already believed this promise from their forefather, Adam or uh, Abraham. Thousands of years later, they have this promise that they have stood on, remained on. And it's amazing how we will stand on a promise until we see it. The toughest uh, time to remain steadfast in a, uh, in a promise is when you're right about to receive it when you're right on the edge of it. Because the closer I get to the promise, the closer I get to the problem. The closer I get to the blessing, the closer I get to the burden. The closer I get to what he's promised me, the closer I get to the struggle and the challenge. And now I'm that much closer. I'm sure David was, 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 you know, obviously facing Goliath. 
And it'd be easy when the nine foot tall giant is at the other side of the valley. Oh, we can take him. Now, visibly, he's this small. And they can tell you about him and they can tell you about how tall he is and tell you about what he can do and tell you about his background and his history and, and what he's capable of. But as, you're, as he's charging Goliath, you know it's getting harder and harder because he's getting closer and closer, right? And now you're right underneath him and you're like, Second guessing a little bit. You're, you're, you're getting to wonder, okay, did I think this thing through okay? Was I really hearing God? Why? Because the problem coincides with the promise. The burden coincides with the promise. And so now what happens is, is a distraction sets in. It also means this, a diversion a diversion, a distraction is a diversion, a diversion, D-I-version. That means to divide the version. So you have a version of the promise that God has given you. But now as I'm getting closer, I begin to see another version, a divided version. Are you with me? I mean, I'm not trying to make this super complicated. It's pretty simple. There's a version that God says, this land belongs to you. It's flowing with milk and honey. He failed to mention the giants. He failed to mention how great, he failed to mention the walled cities. He failed to mention all the, 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 the territories that were there. He, fa- he left out some pretty important components, but that's just a version of the promise. It's not a lie. It doesn't make the promise of no effect. It means that now there is God's version and now there's another version that tries to show up. And what happens? That's a distraction. A distraction that compromises my attention. Distractions always compromise your attention. Distraction always compromise the amount of focus you can give to something, the amount of attention you can give to something. And again, in our day and age, we have a lot of opinions. We have a lot of ideas. We have a lot of words. We have a lot of posts. We have a lot of comments. We have a lot of articles. We have a lot of blogs. We have a lot of information. But God never gives you a promise through information. He'll always give you a promise through revelation. If God ever gives you a promise, he's never gonna give you more information to help you uh, feel better about sticking with his promise. It won't happen but he will reveal himself. He will give you a revelation of some some sort to show you that the promise he already gave you is enough. You don't need anything else. Whether you can verify it with your eyes or not, whether you can confirm it with your ears or not, does not matter. The promise still remains. The promise is still true. The promise still stands. Will you stand? That's the question. The promise always stands. But this is why these distractions come up. 
This is why these distractions come up. Distractions deter direction. Distractions deter direction. The whole goal is to get you off course. That's what a distraction does. If you are going in one direction and you are distracted, let's say you're on the road driving, and one of the greatest distractions we have today is texting while driving. Now it's illegal, so do it down here. Learn to use the new Apple feature where you can swipe your thumb around. You don't even need to tap anymore. You can just swipe it. Y'all don't even know nothing about that. I learned it real quick. But if my wife is with me, she'll take the phone right out of my hand. Why? Because I'm ending up in someone else's lane? Because I'm distracted and going to miss an exit? Come on now. The enemy, see, look, the enemy knows he cannot defeat you. We've covered this before. The enemy knows he cannot defeat you. So what do you do to someone that that cannot be defeated? Distract them. If the enemy can't defeat you, he'll distract you. The enemy can't make the promise of God null and void. The enemy can't take away the promised land from the Israelites, but he can keep them from walking into it. The enemy cannot keep them uh, from, uh, 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 you know, he cannot take away the promise that God has given and say, oh, he didn't mean it. He was a liar because God's not a liar. God will see to it that the promise comes to pass, but he will make sure you don't walk into the promise. He will do everything he can to distract you, to deter your direction. And so that's what happens. These Israelites here are faced with a distraction. They send in 12 spies and 10 of them come back with a report that although we can confirm that the promise is true, they're they're using a distraction to pull them off of the promise and get people. They saw the milk and honey. They saw, now they were distracted when they got in there. They saw the milk and honey. They saw the, the large fruit. They, they, they carried the, the fruit of uh, the cluster of grapes back between two men on poles. That's how big it was. They, they saw all this stuff, but then they got in there and they were distracted by the problems. They were distracted by the giants. They were distracted by the walls. They were distracted by the number of territories that, this, that these enemies uh, took over. They got distracted by what it was gonna take to overcome them. They got distracted by how small they looked In comparison, that's what distraction will do. Distraction will cause you to take on false identities. When you're distracted spiritually, you do not see yourself the way God sees you. You you can't. You can't. One of the first things that gets compromised when we become distracted by the enemy is our identity is compromised. And then we take on a false identity identity. And distraction's been happening all this time. Distraction began with Adam and Eve. What do you think it means to be deceptive? And that's literally what Genesis 3 says. It says that uh, the serpent, the snake, was what? 
He was deceptive. He was tricky. He was cunning. He came to deceive Adam and Eve. What's that? Distraction. What did, the, what did uh, Jesus have to encounter in the wilderness after he was baptized by John? A distraction. And what did the devil try to do? The devil tried to distract him from his identity. The devil tried to distract him from his power. The devil tried to distract him from who to worship. He's bringing distractions. He can't defeat Jesus. There's nothing that Satan in all of his power could do to overcome the power of God. All that Jesus had to do was speak a word and the angel was gone. Or uh, uh, Satan was gone. And the angels came and ministered to Jesus. Just the word. The enemy was working through Peter when Peter confronted Jesus and said, no, you shouldn't go through with this. You shouldn't die. Uh, I've got a way out. I'll go with you. And he turned to him and he said, what? Get thee behind me, Satan. Why? Because you have become an offense or a distraction to trip me up, to keep me from what? Continuing in my direction. Distractions will always deter your direction. Distractions always come to get you off course. And this year, you're going to have to stay on course. But staying on course demands your focus. Staying on course demands your attention. In Habakkuk chapter 2, we've been hearing this word vision, uh, you know, all month long from everybody, at least in the church world, because 2020 means what? Clear vision. Habakkuk chapter 2 says, Write the vision down, make it plain. That's a clear instruction. Why? Because if it's not plain, I'll get distracted. If it's not plain, I'll be diverted. If it's not plain, I won't be able to give it my focus. If it's not clear and plain and and properly laid out and written out, guess what? There is a possibility that I may have my attention compromised and veer off course. I can't follow a vision that I do not clearly see. So we're going to have to deal with distractions. Not only did these 10 spies come back distracted, they caused others to be distracted by their word. Verse 30, Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. He's not denying that there are distractions. Caleb and Joshua, the other man that comes back with a good report, they didn't go to a different sector of the promised land that was void of these things and say, man, I didn't see any giants. I don't know what you're talking about. They acknowledged, yeah, walls are fortified. They got to come down. Yeah, there's giants. They'll be brought down. Yeah, there's enemies every year, but the Lord will fight for us and with us and go before us. They did not deny the distractions, nor did they try to avoid the distractions. They decided to go through the distractions. So I'm not talking about denying what is around us. I'm not talking about denying what the enemy will try to bring to get you off course, especially when you're, when are you the most distracted concerning healing? When when you are fighting an illness or sickness in your body. 
When are you the most distracted concerning your finances? When you are up against a financial deficiency or, 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 or there is some kind of attack coming in. You typically receive a distraction in your life that coincides with what you are fighting at the time. Because a distraction of healing in my body when I'm whole really doesn't do me any good. So the distraction is an indication of where the test is. Jesus uh, once was taken by a man named Jairus when his 12-year-old daughter was at the point of death and they were walking through the crowd and, they, and, the, and the woman touches his clothes and what Jairus saw as a distraction, Jesus saw as an opportunity to build faith in the man and then they get to the, the girl's home and what's everybody doing outside? Wailing and weeping and crying and screaming and wailing and weeping and crying and screaming. And what does Jesus say? Get them out of here. Give me the parents. Give me Peter, James, and John. We're going in and take care of this thing. Everybody else out. What's he doing? Removing, eliminating distractions because it will compromise the battle we're in, the test we're against, the challenge that we're up against. Get rid of the distractions. Eliminate it. We'll, We'll look at this. So here's what happened. Caleb's quieting the people. We're well able to take possession. We're well able to overcome. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a what? Bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now here's the thing. The promise that God gave them even though they were able to verify some of the things that they saw. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. There was large, uh, 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 you know, it's a great territory, large amounts of fruit. I mean, it's definitely a prosperous, fruitful territory, no doubt. But other than that, they don't have a victory They don't have the ability in their own strength and in their own ability to take out the nations that are in there to go against these fortified cities. Uh, You gotta remember uh, that, you know, at this point, there are slaves coming out of Egypt. So it's not like these guys have been trained for war. It's not like they have been raised in a nation that has been preparing them for war. No, they have been raised in a nation that has been preparing them to be under the thumb and under the rule of another nation. So the mindset along with even their physical abilities is not at the level to be able to take over this nation. So that means if they can't literally do it in the natural, what does this need to overcome these people? Faith. Faith. Faith is what? Faith is believing in what I cannot see. And the greatest distraction in our lives is what we can see. 
That's the greatest distraction you'll have to overcome this year. That's the greatest distraction you'll always have to overcome in walking out anything that the Lord uh, has prepared for you or is taking you into is the first thing you'll always have to overcome is what you can see. Let me give you some verses that show us this in line. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. I'm just gonna go through these real quick, so just jot them down. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. For we walk by faith and not by sight. I walk by faith and not by sight. The opposite of my faith isn't fear, it's not doubt. The opposite of faith is sight. If faith is living in what I cannot see, then sight is living in uh, the capacity of what I can see. I walk by faith and not by sight. Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, verse seven. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse uh, seven. Did I give you the wrong one earlier? Second Corinthians five, seven is for we walk by faith, not by sight. Give me 418. I've got it, I've copied it wrong here. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. While we do not look at the things which are what? Seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things which are seen are temporary and the things which are not seen are eternal. So again, I need to live my life not based upon what's happening around me, what I can literally see, what I can literally touch, what I'm literally hearing. I've got to live beyond that in an unseen realm. And the unseen realm is actually more real than what I can see. The unseen is more real than the seen. But the distraction is what is literally in front of me. That's a distraction. And the distraction is there to deter my direction, to get me off course. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Second Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. So if I'm fighting the battle on the wrong level, if I'm fighting the wrong battle in the wrong realm, I will lose every time. If my battle and my struggle is in an unseen realm, then I cannot fight it and wage war in the natural realm. That's the wrong realm. I'm fighting on the wrong level. I'll lose that battle every time. Uh, keep going. Verse four, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning natural, but look at this. They're mighty in God, in God, for pulling down strongholds. Are we waging a war in the natural that we ought to be fighting in the spiritual? Because you'll lose the battle in the natural every time because your, your ability and, and your strength and, and your tactics and your strategies and your ideas will falter every time when it comes to waging war in the spirit. So I've got to learn how to fight spiritually. I've got to learn how to wage war in a different realm. How do I do that? By faith. He goes on to say, pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Look at this, bringing every thought. Where's that at? In an unseen realm. See, we get whipped in the unseen realm before it ever even shows up in the natural realm. 
We get whipped with our thoughts. We get whipped in our mentality. We get whipped in our thinking. Before it even becomes a reality, before it even comes to fruition in the natural, I've got to overcome it in an unseen place in my thought life where I can't see. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. We know this. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. For by it, by what? Faith. The elders obtained a good testimony. They didn't obtain a good testimony because they saw it and said, oh, that looks like a good testimony. That looks like we can do that. See, if you're waiting for the natural to align before you believe the promise of God, you'll never see it come to pass because the promise of God is in an unseen place. The promise of God was before these Israelites even existed, thousands of years. So they're having to believe they go into a scenario in the seen realm that is contrary to the promise that God gave in an unseen realm. They have to keep their attention and their focus on the unseen realm and not be distracted by the seen realm. In fact, we find out in verse three that by faith we understand the worlds were framed by the word of God. All you need is a word. God's word is greater than what you'll ever experience in the natural formed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That means even what we see came from an invisible realm. But this is what we do. We tend to place more value on the visible. It's what we do. Our, our automatic uh, 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 reconciliation is that is if I can see it, it's real. Isn't that what we do? We say this, I'll believe it when I. But the word of God is backwards. The kingdom of God works the opposite way. The kingdom of God actually says, I'll see it when I believe it. When I take hold of it in an unseen realm and stand on that and not allow myself to become distracted by the seen realm, then I will see the unseen come into the scene. Are you with me? This is how God operates. God will give you something in an unseen place before it ever shows up in the seen place and you have to stand on what you can't see until it becomes what you can see. See, you don't need God to create healing. You need God to move healing from an unseen place to a seen place. Faith doesn't create anything. Faith transports things. Come on. Faith is the vehicle. Faith is the currency that makes the exchange. Faith is how you get it out of one place into the next. By faith, the worlds were framed by the word of God. If I don't ever take hold of it in an unseen realm. And so I cannot make the mistake of placing more value on the visible and then neglecting the invisible. No, I've got to keep my focus, got to keep my attention fixed on what I cannot see. We know ultimately that these Israelites fail. Joshua and Caleb maintain a good report, but as I said earlier, 
The loudest voice is usually what sways not only were the 10 spies distracted by what they saw, they actually compromised the focus and compromised the attention of the entire uh, Israelite clan till not one of them, including Moses, walks into the promised land except for the two that maintained a good report. See, there's a God report, and you have to maintain that report, regardless of what you see, regardless of what you hear, regardless of what happens around you. Joshua and Caleb were the only two. So now Moses and the entire Israelite nation die in the wilderness. You will die right where you're at if you cannot get your focus off of the scene and get your focus onto the unseen. You'll die right where you're at. And somebody else will have to obtain what you were supposed to obtain. Somebody else will walk into what you were supposed to walk into because we were distracted. The 10 spies got distracted. They then brought the distraction to the nation they became distracted. All of a sudden, this promise that they stood on for generation after generation after generation, this promise that they stood on for thousands of years, the closest that they were was where they lost it all. The opportunity was right before them. They spied out the land and the closer they got, the more their faith began to falter. So Joshua chapter one, Joshua chapter one, see guys, it's very simple where, where you are distracted, you become defeated, become defeated because the enemy is defeated. The battle is over. But it demands your attention to remain in what God has already promised you. And where you become distracted is where you become defeated. This is why I tell people all the time, when they're walking through a trial and walking through a struggle, and it's amazing how very few listen to the simple words that I'm giving them. It's really not hard. People will take multitudes of medications that a doctor prescribes them, but I tell them one simple thing of turn off the TV, get off of Facebook, and get your face in the word of God, and they can't do it. They cannot do it. I've watched it happen time and time again. I say, get the word in your ears and get the word in your mouth and do not let anything else in. How bad do you want it? But they will take pill after pill and procedure after procedure and, and, and anything the doctor tells them, man, okay, okay, uh, if you say it'll work, if you say it'll do it. And eventually, I mean, that's what the woman with the issue of blood, she was, went to doctor after doctor and she got no better, only grew worse. I mean, my instructions, they don't even have a bad taste. They don't make you sick. They don't have any complications. You don't have to take another pill to counteract the effects of this pill. It's really not difficult. Eliminate the distractions. 
So God speaks to Joshua. Moses and the nation before are gone. And look at verse 6, Joshua chapter 1. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. The promise that I gave them is the same promise I have. Nothing, the enemy cannot touch the promise. He can't touch it. The only reason we don't walk in it is if we get distracted and our course is deterred. Verse seven, only be strong. Notice he says only, saying there's no option. Don't allow yourself to go to the other side. Stay with me. Only be strong and of good courage that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not, look at this, turn from it to the right or to the left. What's that? I'm not allowing distractions to deter my course. He's not telling them, okay, this time I got rid of the distractions. You're good to go. I eliminated, I got rid of the enemy. I got rid of the cities. I got rid of the walls. I killed off the giants for you. It's all ready. Go ahead, take it. I'm I'm sorry I didn't take care of that before. No, he says, there's gonna be distractions. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Don't be distracted. Look what he goes on to say. That you may prosper wherever you go. As long as you go without being distracted, you're promised prosperity. You're promised success. It's it's really simple. Do not, uh, he says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, meaning you will not allow anything else to come out of your mouth. You will not allow talk that is distracting you from the promise Come out of your mouth. You will only speak what my word says. That's what he's saying. Do not allow the book of the law to depart from your mouth. But here it is. You shall meditate. Meditate. That means to chew on. That means to think on. But I was even thinking about it this way. You know, if you think about someone that is in meditation. You know, you usually think of someone with their legs crossed and they got their hands out like this and they're making weird. What are they doing? They're eliminating distractions. Don't bother me, I'm meditating. Well, we need to do some meditation spiritually of eliminating distractions. When I'm meditating, that means I'm focused. When I'm repeatedly thinking on and repeatedly chewing on and repeating, uh, uh, repeatedly saying and talking and repeatedly keeping the word in my mouth and repeatedly staying fixed on the promise of God, regardless of what's going on around, I eliminate the distractions. I can't avoid them, but I can't eliminate them. They will come, but they don't have to become a part of me. They don't have to come out of my mouth. I don't have to believe the distraction just because it comes to me. I can cast down every thought. I can cast down any argument that comes against the word of God. I can remain so fixed on uh, the word that I am not moved by anything else that comes. 
Come on, we're not moved by what we hear. We're not moved by what we see. We're not moved by what's happening. We're not moved by what other people say. We're not moved by certain, you're not moved. None of these things move me, Paul said. I'm gonna continue my course. But I can only continue my course if I'm fully focused, if I give it my full attention, if I do not allow distractions to get me off course. No, meditate. They're in day and night. Then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? What's he saying? Stay focused. Here's the thing. Where I fix my focus, I feed my faith. Where I fix my focus, I feed my faith. Now, let me remind you, the word of God says in uh, Romans, I believe it's Romans 10, 17. I didn't put it on the, uh, I didn't give it to them, but Romans 10, 17, you all know what it says. Faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. But you could put a period after faith comes by hearing, meaning whatever you hear continuously, if you hear it enough, guess what you're gonna do? Build faith there. You remember the Israelites, the 10 spies, they came back and they gave a what? A word to the nation of Israel. What did that word do? The word that, uh, that the uh, spies came back with built faith in the nation of Israel that they could not conquer the land. And now they just compromised. See, if you can't believe and agree with someone else for what they're believing for, at least keep your mouth shut and don't give them something that could possibly distract them and get them off course. Because you could potentially cause them to build faith in a distraction. See, distraction is just diverted attention. It just means that now I'm giving a part of my attention. I, my faith needs all my attention. The, the, the promise needs all my attention. It cannot work if I'm giving uh, doubt and a, uh, some of my attention or the report of the doctor, some of my attention or what the banker says, some of my attention or what the job is saying. So no, I have to be fully reliant and dependent on the word of God. Romans chapter four says Abraham was fully convinced that he who promised was able to perform. At some point, you're gonna have to become fully convinced. Mark chapter 11, verse 23 and 24 says, have faith in God. It says, if you speak to this mountain, it will be cast into the sea. But it says this, and have faith in your heart without doubting. Sure, doubt's gonna try to rise up. Doubt's gonna try to come. Distractions will show up, but you have to give it your full focus, your full attention. I will not allow anything to compromise my attention because where I'm distracted, I become defeated. So the word that God gives to Joshua, give me your attention. Give me your focus. Eliminate distractions. 
Do not let any other word come out of your mouth. Do not let this word depart from your mouth. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. Day and night. Have I not told you? He's, he's convincing him. He's reminding him of the word he's already given him. He's not giving him a new word. He's saying, go back to the promise I gave to Moses. Go back to the promise I gave to your fathers and forefathers and, and even beyond. Go back to what I promised my servant Abraham. Go back. Put your focus on what I said. And I love this in Joshua chapter two and verse one. Now Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two men from Acacia Grove to spy secretly, saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. Joshua figures this thing out. Last time we sent 10, two came back with the right report. What's he do? He eliminates the voices. He eliminates the distractions. I'm just sending in two this time. I got a better chance. I'm just gonna go with two. And the two obviously come back with, with a much healthier report. And they actually talk to one of the enemies. And, and this is the thing. If you would stop assuming what your enemy thinks about you and actually talk to the enemy, you'll find out that they've been preparing for you to defeat them all along. See, last time they saw the giants and said, oh, and we are but grasshoppers in, in our own sight and in their sight. But now he gets to talk to Rahab and Rahab says, our people are freaked out about you. The whole reason this wall is here is to keep you out. <laughs> Amen. What's that do? That feeds my faith. That helps me keep my focus. God will send you confirmations. God will help verify his word to you and say, man, you're on the right path. You're doing it. Don't get rid of the distractions. And so Joshua says, I'm, gonna take, I'm taking a lesson this time. We're sending in two. Because we're not, we're not going to allow ourselves to be distracted off the course God has for us. Look at John chapter 10, real quick. Close here. John chapter 10. We've got to eliminate distractions this year. We've got to eliminate what the enemy says. That's what I love about that song. I am who you say I am. I don't care if you have to say that and sing that as a lie until you convince yourself you are who he says you are. You are not the addiction that's binding you. You are not the guilt and shame and condemnation that's on your life. You are not the pains of your past. You are not the brokenness that has de defined you for so long. You are a child of God. You are a son of the king. You are a daughter. You are royalty. You are greatness. You have a purpose. You have destiny. You Keep saying it until you convince yourself and you get rid of the distractions. Eliminate it. John chapter 10, verse one, most assuredly I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his what? Voice. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. But here's the key. Yet by no means will they follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. 
And we've covered this before, but I have to drive this home. Many times we automatically think that the shepherd's voice is Jesus, the Holy Spirit, God. And the stranger's voice is the devil. That's what we do. But I'm gonna tell you what, the stranger is just simply the one you do not know. And the shepherd is the one you become familiar with. And that may not always be Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit. Some of us have made the devil the shepherd's voice and made the Holy Spirit the stranger because we have lived distracted for so long. We've actually become more familiar with the enemy's voice than God's. We become more familiar with the voice that tells you you'll never be enough. We become more familiar with the voice that says you'll never obtain that. The, we'll become fam more familiar with the voice that says you'll never break that off your life. You'll never break that off your kids. You'll never see them come back. You'll never see this hole. You'll never see this. We become more familiar because we lead distracted lives and our focus is demanded if we're ever gonna walk out our vision. We, your focus and your attention cannot be compromised. 2020, you will not be fruitful December 30th. 31st, if you cannot eliminate distractions, you can't avoid them, but you can eliminate them. This is the year of eliminating distractions. This is the year of heightened clarity. This is the, I'm telling you right now that whatever you need to accomplish this year, whatever is on your heart, whatever you might be going through, it's gonna demand your focus. Start eliminating stuff. Get rid of the voices. Get rid of the distractions. And you know, that is completely and solely our responsibility. Nobody will eliminate the distractions for you. The world will not come to you and say, oh, is this too loud? They won't do it. It won't happen. Oh, I'm sorry, am I bothering you? Are you trying to stand for your healing? And I didn't mean to bring all, this, all these negative reports to you. The doctor's not gonna say that. The banker's not gonna say that. Uh, I, I'm sorry, are, are, are these uh, balance sheets not, not, not good for you, not working out? No, they're gonna give you what they think is reality. And you have to remember that what you can't see is more real than what you can see. You have to remember that you're gonna have to keep yourself focused spiritually in a realm that is unseen so that you can see it in the scene. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's message. If there is any message that you have missed or you just want to hear again, they are all available for free on iTunes. Just search Anchor Faith Church Valdosta and be sure to subscribe. That way you'll be notified once the new messages are available. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our church and what we have available for you and your family, or if you'd like to donate financially to the ministry, be sure to visit our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.